Welcome to Joiners, the podcast with Tim and Danny, where we are shoved into the deep end of the hospitality pool. This week, we have Jonathan Zaragoza, an impressive chef who started out in the family business and left for a bit to work at some high-profile restaurants such as Sepia, and uh, he made his way back to the family business and is put in some work to take it to the next level. Yeah, I had no idea that the Zaragoza family operated a secret goat operation at their residence. Yeah, his dad resurrected a 200-year-old recipe from Mexico. Uh, They kind of built their own oven in the backyard and cooked goat, and they set up a bar in the basement and kind of just ran it underground for a while. They built an audience and kind of proved the concept and then built it up to a brick and mortar. Yeah, um, they were some real-life scofflaws who made good. Um, and after the interview, we took a trip down uh, to check out the family restaurant, had a delicious meal. I've got a good tip. When you hit up Birria Zaragoza, get the goat. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and the molcajete. So without further ado, here's here. our conversation with Jonathan Zaragoza. You just came back from New Orleans, right? I did. Were you there for Tales? Happened to be there for Tales, pure happenstance. Whoa. Yeah, first time you... being so... in there, like in the summertime. Okay, so it wasn't your first time in New Orleans? No. And for Tracy in Wisconsin, what's Tales? Tales of the Cocktails, a giant bartender's convention. Uh, the bartenders themselves are not giant. It's a giant meeting of bartenders. Yes. Was Jolie there? Charles was there, Yes. Uh, as were many, many others. But yeah, many. so you overlapped with Tails totally accidentally. Yeah, originally, like Joaquin from uh, Bacchanal messaged me. He's like, hey, we have a couple dates open to come cook at Bacchanal for like our primal night. Wow. That's awesome. Was and, it fun? Oh, yeah. Always a good time. So you've done it multiple times. It's my second time. Oh, cool. Yeah. Who my do you... second rodeo. <laughs> Who do you take down with you to do it? Solo. Dang. Yeah. Is it pretty much like you just show up and everything's set? No, I mean, um, it depends on what the menu is going to be. This time it was birria, so I got it on Saturday and from the airport went straight to Bacchanal's commissary kitchen to like start prepping. But do they the goat. Do they have the proper you, setup? Yeah, they're, they're pros. Cool. Did mm-hmm. you tell them like what goat cuts you needed or is it whole goat? What's the deal? We got whole goats in from um, Australia because goat herding is tough out there, but they were great like the quality of goat was amazing have you shown up to one of these events and the quality of goat has been awful no what, but what you makes can a tell good goat? exactly yeah um I, it has to be dead number one <laughs> so that's i heard you say tracy in wisconsin you guys watch smart watch yeah, smart listen to smart list. Yeah, of that's so funny um it's just <laughs> the the meat that we got you could tell by the bones like how how well it was raised and stuff and they were beautiful and like white and like pristine and the meat was like super red and vivid and hmm. it was great joaquin doesn't mess around either so wow. how long does it so he had broken it down before you got there or you broke it down um it came in primal cuts so six cuts and then i broke those down in the like you know of six you get three from each kind of primal Okay, uh-huh. and then are you doing different stuff with each of the cuts, or it all becomes Same thing. birria? It all, it all becomes birria. Okay. Yeah. And if you just made birria from, like, one specific cut, is there, like, a way to make, like, a supreme birria? Like, my ideal? Yeah. The neck. Okay, so it would just be neck. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm so fickle that I just, like, I like every single one for their 
different qualities you know yeah. like the rib is like you'll never get anything crispier on the goat okay so i like ribs and then to zoom out even a tiny bit what is your history with goat tell us about your family yeah all that stuff this goes back 200 years danny <laughs> yeah how much time you got <laughs> yeah we got hours. Um, now i mean the birreria started in 2007 but i've been cooking the recipe since i was 12 so i'll be 33 this year um we started in our backyard on uh, so like 69th at Kamensky on the south side and my dad was like obsessed with it the, the just dish, for so. fun though like before making a living at it for sure so yeah. like you grew up and he was just like this is delicious every time i'm gonna do a cookout like how often were you cooking it we were doing it um friday night cook for saturday morning service and then saturday night cook for sunday morning service and we had an old house that we were trying to sell at the time, and we had a wood-burning oven in the back, so heat it up for six hours, throw the goat in there, and it'll cook for another six. And, um, yeah, and then Saturday morning, I'd wake up, take the goat out. My dad would put the mole on it, roast it, and then word of mouth, people started, like, trickling in. We had a full-finished basement with a wet bar. Wow. That was awesome. Yeah. How much did you charge for, like, a plate? I can't remember. Wow. Um, enough to put me through high school, though. So. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I went to a nice high school. Um but yeah, that was it. Wow. And uh -huh. then at what point did you guys as a family start to talk about like having a brick and mortar shop? We didn't. How did my dad just pulled the trigger on the shop? <laughs> that's Surprise. my pops, dude. That's you got my... a new job. Yeah, straight up. Like we pulled up in front of the restaurant, at least from what I remember. I was like 17. Was Norma like, thanks for consulting? I think she was in on it. Oh, uh -huh. so he Norma's ride or die. She's like, yeah, you guys, it doesn't matter. This is what we're doing. Your dad said this. Um, so, yeah, he pulled up in front of the place, and he already had the key kind of thing. And what do you think? And I was like, well, you know, it looks like an old house. And we walked in. It was, like, filthy. And I remember, like, scrubbing the ceilings and taking, uh, like, a scraper like you would use for your car windshield. Oh, man. Uh, and, like, getting, like, f this is gross, fruit roll-ups of grease going. Oh, kind my of thing. God. <laughs> what was and, the space before? Uh, Sinaloa and chicken joint. Okay. Yeah. Wasn't that great? Some greasy chicken for sure. Hell yeah. <laughs> the greasiest. Yeah. A fruit roll-up's worth. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so what year? Oh, 2007. So yeah, we were... opened October 12th, okay. 2007. And then how old were you at that time? Uh, I, my birthday's in August, so I was 17 when we got it, 18 when we opened. And were you working there a grip? Yeah. yeah I was, how many days? I was like the only employee for a little bit, and a tortilla who would peace out at like 4 p.m. <laughs> Did you have to ever like do that take over if like there weren't enough um oh yeah all the time i got so i got every rushes job. yeah wow i mean for a 17 18 year old kid it was an education oh my god <laughs> did you were there any like clashes between you and your parents never and your mom always worked front of house how often was your dad there Oh, he was all the, all the time. So they still had nine to fives. They worked at the Tribune Tower, like for the Chicago Tribune. What were they doing? They worked in um, different departments, but mostly like human resources. And like, they've always worked for like Fortune 500 companies. And they just got sick of working for the man. And they, you know, this is their best, their best effort to be on their own. They struck it, struck out on their own. Wow. Yeah. So what were the conflicts between you and your parents? I mean, you name it. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, the color of the napkin kind of thing. Um, does the, Any... those persist today? It's not What's as about now? It's not as bad um, because, you know, we've grown up a little bit. Mm -hmm. or at least we'd like to think we did. Um, no, I mean, my role has changed there. 
the whole family's pretty much back working there, which allows me to go do my thing too, like go do these pop-ups and stuff. So. Is it seven days a week? Yes. And from when to when? A true Mexican restaurant. We don't mm-hmm. close. <laughs> um, let's see. Monday to Friday, it's like nine to nine to six. Wow. And going in at nine is aggressive. Yeah. I mean, it's traditionally a breakfast dish. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. We like doing stuff backwards in Mexico. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. It's so wild. are the people coming in after one, are they the aggressive ones? No, it depends. Like on the weekends, the people that are there early are usually like haggard looking. Like, oh, they've stri- been there all night. They've been it? out. And then they oh, come yeah. in and they're like, yeah, That's I'm going to go to bed soon. Thing. Yeah, it's great. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I woke up today and ate Thai leftovers at about uh, eight in the morning. So Hot or cold? Uh, hot. I heated him up. You heated him up. It was basically a what smorgasbord. A uh, Tim had brought it over yesterday, and then uh, the leftovers were left with us. And we always just combined, like, sometimes we combine them into a single container. So it was like four different things in one. You animal. Up. That's wild. I always eat Thai leftovers cold. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a gentleman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not a freak eating it up. Did you nuke it? Uh, you no, do? I put it in a skillet. Huh, Holy okay. cow! Yeah, Amazing. to each his own. I yeah, it was great. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing. If That's I a, back I'm not, did you have any of those dumplings left? Uh, I they were la- maybe, but they weren't in the mix. I think the the egg rolls and dumplings were separate. Hmm. Um, very interesting. Digression. That was breakfast. Yeah, that was breakfast. Where does lunch go from there, man? Uh, that's a great question. I yeah. think I just keep going heavier and heavier, like probably some deep dish. <laughs> Hell yeah! No, Beef Wellington end the night. um wow so wait i want to go over the timeline real quick so you're starting the fire yeah in the evening 6 p.m 6 p.m so midnight goat goes in goat goes in Mm -hmm. 6 a.m you're waking up and taking it out and it goes in the mole yeah and what how long is after the mole that it just it gets roasted in lard in the oven how long that's like the finishing uh 500 degrees for like 45 minutes oh okay so it's really seven hours who can start her own concept now thanks (laughs) appreciate that well that's the difference between like tatemada and not right yeah so do you 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 sound like you've been there before (laughs) yeah i I sure have i think we met there (laughs) i think we did meet there we you were a baby yeah it was a long time ago yeah it was so it was before you were about to open yeah it was before scoffle i think Uh uh-huh Rob yeah. Potter brought you in. That's right. I won't forget that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the best. I was like, who is this kid? We just need to go more often. The shame is that it's just far away. From it's us. too far. Oh, you don't you don't have a car? <laughs> Hold on. So you will go above and beyond to heat up your Thai leftovers <laughs> in a skillet, but you won't drive fifteen. Okay, we got it. Well, yeah. at least we're finding out who Danny is. This is great. Uh need to make that return trip. I'm messing with you. That's where we're gonna go after this. I, you should. We you should. Know, I, I have friends that are like in the industry that have like, I've known them for like years they and they haven't been in 10. Yeah. And I, I get it. It's like you're busy. There's no judgment, you know? Yeah. Well, today we're going to go. Yeah. Get down there. Hell yeah. Joiner's podcast is brought to you by Party Can. Party Can is a premium batched, large format, full flavored cocktail that uses high end liquor, real juice, real ingredients. It's all natural, gluten free. It's 12 drinks in a single can. And guess what? That can actually floats. You can take it to the beach, the pool, on the boat, camping, hiking, to the game, everywhere you go. 
It is recyclable and reusable. It's a party in a can and everyone's invited. Party Can is available at multiple retailers around Chicago, around the country, and you can always go to drinkpartycan.com to find a local store or have one shipped to you or a friend. And now, back to our interview. So, the underground restaurant scene, I mean, you guys had essentially a basement bar and restaurant. Was there... Are there others? Is there like a community once you're once you're doing that? Do you find out about other underground operations? What we found out is um, if you feed Chicago cops, they're they're pretty cool with whatever you're doing, really. Mm-hmm. And we got a little bit like some knocking on the door. They thought we were like pushing drugs out of the house, kind of thing. I'm like, well, we're pushing goat. There's a there's a two block <laughs> long line yeah. <laughs> coming out of your backyard. And the yeah. people do look. You're either dropping Jordans, <laughs> haggard. Yeah, they do not look good. Um, but yeah, like they, we kind of got grandfathered in and, you know, the cops were just kind of like, yeah, Hey, we didn't see anything kind of thing. And mm-hmm. they'd come in and, um, I don't know, but true now, Chicago I, business, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. But now you're legit. We'd like to think so. Yeah. yeah. So you just <laughs> had like a, like a homemade oven in the back. Yeah. My dad and my grandpa and I say me, but I was really just like, Hey, go get this, uh, <laughs> hold the flashlight kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, anyway. They, my dad and my grandpa made it with like chicken wire and like bricks, like fire bricks from like Italy or something like that. And did they build the one in the restaurant too, or it was? There's none at the restaurant because oh. of like codes and stuff. But um, you know, we do it in steam pots at the restaurant, so it's cool. just a little quicker, more efficient. So yeah. yeah. Was there ever talk of building one like you had at home at the restaurant? Yeah, for sure. Is it just like a crazy expense or just like a permitting thing? It's like. Oh, it's like a little column A, a little column B. I think uh, based on the spatial constraints of that tiny, tiny restaurant, it's tough to like, you know, an oven takes up a big footprint mm-hmm. and we can't really like afford to give away any like square footage. So, yeah. but eventually that's the dream is like have a place where we have like an outdoor kind of like museum of Mexican cooking. Cool. Uh, old school techniques would be rad. And then do you ever tire of eating it? No. Wow. I would have to have it like once a day. You eat it once a day. Now. At least a bite. I have to try it. Oh, when you're because of to quality control it. Yeah, it's like Danny when you take the straw and do the little taste test. Yeah, it's it's wild. We're, this is a, this is a digression, but do you ever get how many of those do you do in a night? Yeah, so if in you're the beginning of Scofflaw, we calculated like tasting every single cocktail that it, it turned out to be like between four and five cocktails a night, which is over a full shift, which is totally wild because yeah. in your mind you just think like it's a taste, it's not significant, but it's a lot of drinking, like an unintentional drinking and add like random shots and friends coming in on top of that. And, sure. and a bartender on those shifts would be drinking a significant amount, like not, not intentionally, I guess. Right. But yeah, it's, it's strange. That's quite an occupational hazard. Right? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I read something similar about like chefs when they're like tasting all the me's and stuff that like the calories of like just spooning all the sauces and all the stuff like from... Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. and Tracy at home can't tons. see me, but I've for sure fallen fallen victim to that. So, <laughs> yeah, just tasting. yeah, whenever I I cook a big meal, I'm full by the time I'm plating things. Yeah, I've just been tasting along the way. I don't think I taste all that much when I'm cooking. Like that explains. All right, so a we lot. don't go to Danny's yeah. house for dinner. <laughs> no. You gotta taste. You gotta like season at every I taste, step. I taste the like key components, but I feel like it doesn't amount to. Like a chef working, like, you know, overseeing the line or expediting yeah. for like a crazy, you know, a seven hour service or whatever it ends up being. 
it's a lot of high calorie, you know, dense tastes of things. Facts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tim's just cooking salads at home, so I don't know. He's yeah, I'm doing like ball. a seven course salad meal. <laughs> wow. <laughs> just pickles. Groundbreaking. I can't remember last time I had a salad. I'm eating like a pig. Oh, man. Tim's uh, drinking from a full glass of Metamucil <laughs> uh, for the listeners out I have there. it on tap. <laughs> it's so good. He's shotgunning it right now. <laughs> We were uh, we went out to lunch last week. Danny pulled out some Metamucil. He's like, "You ever take this stuff?" I'm like, actually, never. Hey, you know, I'm getting older. I need it. Yeah. If you're using Metamucil, it's time for your eye cream. (laughs) You know, you got to get that fiber. Yeah, got to get it. I just eat a wicker swing set or a chair. That's the move. Yeah, that's that's like a true goat. Yeah, just eating a wicker chair. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, that's an interesting question. What What's the diet of these goats? Do you keep an eye on that? No. Yeah, we have a uh, Lalo Olage owns Olage Farms in, uh, what the hell is it? Sorry, I'm losing my mind. Um, anyway, he started with us as a goat monger and now has a farm where he raises beef and goat and all that stuff, and he, like, makes alfalfa, and he makes their feed for them in the summertime, grows it, and dries it so they can have it in oh, the wow. wintertime kind of thing. True. Where is this located? Operation? Yeah, he's on, what's that? Where is he located? Um... Is it not Wood Woodstock? I forget. I'll, I'll, like in Illinois. It's though. in Illinois. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. I always forget the little suburb. And That's you, my bad. you referenced a... goat, like raising or issues with like raising goats in different places. Are the laws different kind of throughout the country? Like who can that? I don't know. I'm not too keen on that. Just tough stuff, for but... Louisiana or just for yeah. I mean, like place. it's not really eaten out. The the market out there isn't the same as it is out here. Even finding like Mexican ingredients for the pop up, like I know Joaquin was like driving all over the state pretty much to find it. Whoa. Yeah. And but yeah, here there's such a We forget we live in a bubble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Chicago's like Mexico Junior. It's it's the best. It is the best. I mean you're from LA. Yep. So you know I won't I won't get into that. I don't want to start a turf war. <laughs> <laughs> what are your favorite Mexican spots in the city? Um depends for what. Yeah. I guess no, I I can name them. Yeah, um, I like. I mean, you know which one? Chaparritas. Jennifer yeah. and I had my our first date there. It's the best. Um, yeah, Tim and, and I just had a lunch there not too long. Yeah, ago. we put down romantic. I think like thirty yeah, tacos. Romantic. They're like bite size. You take them down. Yeah, a bite. Yeah, and it's and like then where's the main? Some canasta tacos on top of that. Those go down too easy. So so it's, good. They dip them in the lard and then they ah, what's well, so yeah. good? Yeah. Anyway. That place is great. That place is great. Just the vibe there. And um, Atotorilco is right down the street. I have a great El Pastor there. Um, I mean, t- you walk down 26, you can get like a bunch of different cool experiences, you know? Yeah. And really good agave based spirits. For sure. At Moreno's. That's right. Yeah. You need to take Tim <laughs> to a uh, uh, Carnan's Hugo place. Yeah. There's one, um, there's one on Pulaski down the street from us, too. Um, funny, my dad played the, uh, my dad is a musician and played Moreno's opening in uh, 40 years ago. His oh, band really? played the opening, yeah. Whoa. What instrument and does he play? He's a bass player. Oh, cool. Um, and Mikey Moreno came in to the restaurant, and I was like, hey, this is my buddy. And he's like, dude, I knew you before you were born kind of thing. I was like, what are you talking about? And he told me he has a picture from the opening of Moreno's. And I was like, oh, my gosh, the Chicago Mexican Mafia. Has it been there the whole time? Moreno's? Yeah. Yeah, they haven't moved. And then they opened the bar, like, Five years ago, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. see this, mm-hmm. yeah. That's a good spot. Mm-hmm. It's cool for that neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. So at what time... So you were there for the opening of the restaurant in 2007. At what point did you branch out and go to other restaurants? Um, I kind of got the notion like a year into staying outside of Osas that I was going to be doing this for like the rest of my life. Um, 
or at least enough to put an effort into it. So I went tried culinary school twice, and I dropped out twice. Is yeah. it because you? I mean, similar to I think Mannion was talking about it. Like he ended up kind of his knowledge was beyond what they were teaching. Is it similar since like you were so young when you started that like they were teaching you stuff that you already knew? No, I, I sucked. I was just <laughs> I was just bored. <laughs> David Chang I, was a bad student too, I guess. Yeah. I love John Mannion, by the way. He's the best. Yeah, and it's great. you know, it's funny that you say that because like people like John and like Rob Lovett and all these vets really kind of went out of their way and helped me out in some sort of way, like whether it be like, you know, putting me on a some game of like, hey, this is how you should, or how I would do this thing. So I was very fortunate. So I went to go work at like different restaurants, 16, um, Sepia, and, you know, Andrew taught me some, you know, great lessons there. He's an awesome chef and good person too, more importantly. Yeah. So this yeah. is all late teens? Or... Uh, at Sepia, let's see. I was 19 to 20 at 16 restaurant. Confusing because it's a number. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> For Tracy at home, 16 is the number that comes after 15. <laughs> yeah. Close proximity to 17. Super close. Um, thanks. Sorry. Whoa, Danny. Oh, my God. Danny's just Careful. We're not insured. <laughs> for, the, for the listener, right. Danny's... You don't need insurance for this. Yeah. I have a face for radio, my guy. Wildly <laughs> swinging good. the uh, yeah. boom of the yeah. Jonathan's mic. Always yeah. got to adjust. Yeah. <laughs> He'll say that his defense is he was swatting a fly. I am with a black eye and broken nose, bloodied. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was I was like 20 years old when I left 16. And then I was just turning 21 when I spent my year at Sepia. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you went to Mas Azul? Yeah, I was 22 when I got that gig. That's uh, wild. Was that the opening or were you taking over for someone? I had taken over. They had been open for like a year. Okay. Yeah. You kind of had a notion a year into Zaragoza that you'd be doing it for the rest of your life. Um, and then you kind of popped around. Was that just to like kind of, you know, expand your culinary horizons, like learn a, other stuff that you would apply then to Zaragoza? Or For sure. Okay. Yeah. I, I came back officially to Zaragoza's like 2017 and, you know, implemented like a bunch of systems like a POS system and, you yeah. know, um, gramming everything out and, you know, kind of applied like the fine dining back of the house um to Zaragoza's while still maintaining like what it is it's charmingly like unorganized yeah yeah um, it's i always think of um <laughs> what was uh Sumida's puebla like the old one you'd go there and for like, sure the dad was at the door and you, they had all the pictures on the wall and then it's just you they redid it and you're just like what the fuck happened here yeah, yeah that's a tricky situation because yeah once they just had the one location on north it was incredible. Yeah. And then, like, they started expanding. I mean, there was one across from Scofflaw at one point. There's the one in the West Loop or, like, in Fulton Market. Right. And, yeah, you kind of just, like, wonder, like, where the magic went or, like, how do you... Yeah, it, there must be something kind of, like, to that charm of kind of the solo Like operation. a formula to it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my dad and I have had, like, discussions about you know the aesthetics at Zaragoza's and stuff and I grew up at, at Zaragoza's in a lot of ways I was 18 I didn't really have like the people skills to learn how to disarm a disgruntled yeah. adult or customer kind of like figure that out but I learned through you know in Spanish we say apanzasos which means like through the skin of my teeth kind of thing mm -hmm. you know and uh I learned that and then I learned traveling back to Mexico the culture and what Saragossa represents here in Chicago. Um, and 
to put it lightly, there's a lot of Mexican people that don't have the luxury to travel back to Mexico for whatever reason. Yeah. And, you know, we mean something to those people and we mean something to Chicago. So, you know, you, you leave it alone, you know, because it is very, very reminiscent of markets in Mexico, the vibe, the people, the energy. So, you know, we lean into it now. Yeah. I mean, I noticed that when you go to Mexico, there are certain spots that you always return to. Um, can you tell us a little bit about like your journeys back and yeah, I was just thinking about that. Um, I try to take like four trips to Mexico a year and I, I go 50, 50 places I've never been for, uh, before. And then the other 50 is places I want to see people that I, um, haven't seen in a minute and I have places I've been to. So I'm a people person. Like I like connecting with people and, you know, learning the story and talking to them and, that's to me is more important and it's like inherently tied to what we do and um mexican culture really so that's what that's kind of my like approach to traveling yeah yeah is there like a special spot that's inspired you more than any other down there dude i i learned so much from like all over um recently my buddy took me to this place um in baja and we went to go eat this opa soup opa is like moonfish right so it's gigantic and I'm talking to this guy and the, the, it's amazing. It's like the way you get served a dish at our restaurant, surtido, bone-in, and he serves the fish this way. The fish is beautiful. It has like a belly, fattier cuts, ribs. Like It's like the pig of the sea pretty much. It's dope. Hmm. But I was like talking to this guy and he's got to be like 65. And oh, who taught you how to do it? You write my mind's eye is like, I learned an ancestral recipe with birria. Who taught you how to do it? And he's like, well, I was a fisherman and I got tired of getting like hammered by the sea pretty much. And, you know, one day I was going to make some food for my family. There was no Marlin left. There was the only thing at the bottom of the boat was an Opa fish and he made it and it just took off. And I was like, I was like transported back to my dad in the backyard. I was like, you know, everyone's, you know, the Mexican American says, Oh, it's not traditional. It's like, dude, tradition comes from innovation and case in point, this guy here, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's wild. That's what inspires me. I'm like, dude, this is so cool. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, I took my dad there and he was just like, this is rad. That's so cool. Yeah. What's, how does Jen react to all these adventures? She loves it. Um, you know, I've spent some time with her. She was in New Orleans as well. And, um, our buddy Fredo was down there and they're like brother and sister. I, they met on a trip. I took him to, to Baja and it was kind of like a same thing. I, I had just gone on, but I wanted people to come with me. So we went, um, I think last spring. And she loved it. Yeah. I just like sharing Mexico with her and she loves to travel. So do you cook for her all the time? Yeah. We cook a good amount at home. Does she ever cook? Yeah. She's, she's got a great palate. So she'll, she prepares food, I should say. Um, and she's a technician. So, you know, she cooks very well. Okay, cool. Yeah. Where's Fredo cooking now? He is, uh, with a cure group in New Orleans. They have, um, Canaan table. He's like their head culinary yeah right? and he's killing it man that's i, mean, I loved dude. uh analog same man who didn't big fan big fan and for if you know fredo like he's like the nicest dude and he's like he is just cook solid food but yeah vals is a new it's like a mexican concept um and then the other one i forget anyway yeah yeah that's cool so mm-hmm. what is the what's jen's favorite thing that you make my ribs I make like a from a moonfish or from a pig <laughs> from uh, just a regular pig pig like a land animal pig. Oh, cool! Yeah, what's your secret? I do a mole 
hybrid barbecue sauce. Okay. Yeah, because so. I just don't know how to be normal, I guess. And where are you getting these ribs from? Um, we usually go to Rob at PQM. He hooks it up with cool cuts and stuff. Nice. Yeah. Got to get that rib recipe. Yeah, I, could, yeah, I gotta just my, try it. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's salt and pepper. You smoke them till tender and then kind of wrap them kind of thing. And then the sauce is like a Memphis barbecue sauce of your choice and like a mole. I have mole in my freezer. I'll give you a bag. Yeah. All right. That's a sweet, sweet I offer. stay strapped. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, keep that, I keep that thing on. <laughs> so you've been back at Zaragoza at the, you know, the family restaurant since 2017, like more full time. Yeah. Um, what do you like? What are the next steps for me? Yeah, I'm working on a couple things that are like not restaurant related. I really like writing, um, so I'm working with like a partner right now that's like out in Seattle. They do like online stuff, and I'm learning with their editor how to write recipes and articles about stuff. And cool, yeah. So is this uh, breaking news? No, I mean it's chef steps. I'm I'm working on them with like a bunch of different like. Uh, Mexican restaurant or Mexican recipes, so that's what interests me. Oh wait, Chef Steps. Do they do? That's the company that started the sous vide. Yeah, Jewel. Jewel, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's a Chicago guy. Is right? it? Oh, they're in Seattle now. They're right? in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was a chef in Chicago. The guy that founded it. Graham. Uh. Yeah. Anyway, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. They're cool. Like I, at Masa so I would like go on their website and be like how do you do this kind of thing and you know faking it till i made it oh so it's like a database where you kind of can learn any technique yeah that's cool how do you feel about sous vide Mannion was not yeah. having it you're no right, he was for carrots uh, yeah no. <laughs> carrots and carrots he's not John. into the meat he just didn't like the what it, is it, it makes it, it cured it cures the meat it gives it like a weird like uh deli chicken sliced chicken or turkey kind of vibe mm-hmm. it like cures cures the meat in the bag kind do you of thing. think people are so i don't know so emphatic about it because it's a different technique and they just want to sound like they're on the cutting edge i mean i'm sure there's some people like that i mean you you run into that stuff in the cocktail world oh, it's sure, like yeah. yeah it has its practical purposes but really it's like flair and kind of bs right 100%. but my thing is this. I try not in my, I'm mellowing with age. I try not to kink shame people in the way they cook. Like do, <laughs> do your, do your thing, you know, play on play. Um, but John was one of them. And Rob Levitt were two guys that they saw me sous vide. I think it had to be a masa. And they're like, what are you doing? Learn how to cook it the right way first. Kind of thing. <laughs> like, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, they did it out of like the, uh, it's a ribbing. Right. And then, then that's who they are is like they help you out so i'm i'm with them like learn to cook a steak on the grill the right way the normal way and then do your thing yeah yeah do you ever carry a thermometer all the time there you go yeah we gotta get uh we need to get thermopen to sponsor one of these oh like for me not just for my person no (laughs) no, i don't don't. sorry guys So what he's are you got, doing over there? Smuggling he, thermometers? He's doing the COVID test. <laughs> uh, well, I I mean, it's going to sound, I guess it sounds stupid in retrospect, but I was never like temping steaks. I would just like, I mean, I'm not like an amazing chef, but I just like, you know, you'd read stuff. It's like, if you have this cut of ribeye, it's like, put it like, wait till your skillet gets searing hot, throw it on. You know, if you want medium rare, it's like whatever, three minutes aside or something like that sure. and let it rest. And I felt like it was pretty good like yeah i 
I wasn't like, man, I wish I had temp that. But right. I'm also not super particular. Like if it was done a little bit more, done a little bit less, I think I would have been cool. Yeah, I guess you need the quality control at a restaurant. For yeah. sure. I yeah, was doing a uh, fried top. chicken last night. And I was like, because, you know, there's nothing worse than like a fried chicken. You take it off and then you cut it and it's raw. Raw. That's yeah. brutal. So I'm, also, I'm fried like, chicken is so messy at Just home. punch me in the face at that point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I was like, man, what would Mannion do? So I pulled out the thermometer and so I checked it. Mannion and up. sure enough, it needed some more time. Wow. Yeah. So was the, the thermometer saved you? Thermometer saved uh, Shannon the whole from family. Uh, Salmonella, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I e. Salmonella. Which, which, which one do you get from? You uh, did catch it? No, I thought it was an old Italian man for a long time before I went to culinary <laughs> oh, <your> Salmonella. <laughs> <laughs> Don't quote me on that. Yeah, it's a great, uh, great kids culinary joke right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very generous, great. That is fraternal twins. Mid. I'm an easy audience. Sam today. and Ella. Um Wow. I thought you were going to say that you called Mannion over. Yeah. You got it like that. Man, <laughs> Speed dial, baby. Yeah, man, <laughs> I fucked up again. <laughs> You're not going to believe this. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Geneva. Danny, what is Geneva? Well, Tim, I'm glad you asked. Geneva is a European spirit with a wide range of flavors and lots of personality. It always uses malt spirit and juniper and other botanicals, so some would place it somewhere between gin and whiskey. It can be floral and bright like gin or round and malty like whiskey. Whatever your preference, there's a Geneva out there for you. Even me? Even you, Tim. This campaign is financed with aid from the European Union. So speaking of uh, culinary mistakes, what are some bad ones that you've seen? That I've done? No, no well, you <laughs> or other people that you're working with where someone, like you came into a kitchen. Oh, like... dude. Yeah, one, it's so funny because we were eating dinner at Herb Saint in New Orleans and the bartender came out like, oh, you know, the special is like an airline chicken breast. And I'm like, I've never been interested in airline chicken breast in my life. How did, did they describe it that way? Yeah. Which is like what? Uh, whatever. Like and, and Jennifer's like, what's an airline chicken breast? I kind of like gave her like the whatever. I was like, this is what it is. But at Sepia, we had a dish on for it's a good cut to do for large groups, right? And we had like a little kind of event space next door. That's and, an out proxy. Yeah. Um no, actually it's still there. Private, oh, the one Sepia private events. I gotcha. Right. Got so there was like full on pans of prepped airline chicken breast, right? in the walk-in and we had a stage at this point or intern jonathan was his name as well wasn't me was <laughs> sure. not i didn't do this guys <laughs> that's we'll, my alter ego we'll call him johnny john. z johnny z yeah, John, yeah. it was jay-z the Jay -Z. rapper <laughs> beyonce's husband <laughs> yeah beyonce's husband yeah so beyonce's got a husband yeah same right it's heartbreaking <laughs> um so this you know he was in charge of putting the stock on and you know we see him put the pot on the candy burner starts filling it up with like the spigot that's on the wall and we're like all right he's fine we come back and chef is like kind of like what the hell's going on kind of thing and he had put all the airline chicken breasts for the event into the stock to make oh. the most expensive chicken stock he's ever made in his life oh my god that was like a bad one where i was like you got like secondhand embarrassment from it where you're like what is going to happen right now <laughs> like wait i think i need to go back for a second because i just was taking airline chicken breast what i imagine was just like the awful chicken you are served on an airplane like that classic that's what i thought too, like a big but chicken now breast. it sounds like oh it's a cut 
Yeah, okay, it's, so it's got like the the wing, that Frenched wing on it, and then it goes into the boneless chicken. Is it breast. called that because of the wing? Maybe, I don't yeah. know. Huh? Yeah, I don't. I guess I never knew that. Yeah, I know I look like Alton Brown, but <laughs> <laughs> contrary to popular belief, I know nothing. <laughs> um, wow, that is an expensive mistake. Yeah, what, that was. What did you bad. do? Um, I can't remember. I think I was working at a station that I was just like put my head down. And I'm like, okay. Kind of put it has nothing to do with me. <laughs> yeah. Until we, luck, like, the whole team has to butcher. Everyone got 10 chickens, I think, to like do more of them kind of thing. Oh, man. Yeah. Was the chicken inside the stock salvageable? Like, no, for anything? No way. No. Yeah, there's no bones on it kind of thing. And it's like it, it, had, it was rolling much. at that point. Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> so that was a bad one. But <laughs> I've done stock some... was probably amazing. Probably. <laughs> Or maybe not. It didn't have any gelatin or bones in it, but um, yeah. definitely the most expensive. Stock. Oh, so he didn't put like uh, the carcasses in? No, he said no bones. It was just like the. Oh, they, God. They had that stock them probably out. sucked. Yeah. Um, wait, what was you were about to say? One that you've done. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, when Zaragoza's first started, I had a room in the back that was the office, um, air quotes. But um, <laughs> just like the one at Aviary? <laughs> exactly like that one wow like like shot for shot remake oh, kind of thing amazing no it was like we had our little computer in there and then i had uh, a futon that i would sleep at because i would turn the pots on at night fall asleep and then start service in the morning oh my god and i didn't wake up one time and we did not have service the next day because the goats were burned oh and if you've ever smelled a like burned goat it's not a good smell how many goats do you do a day um, we do like 30 a week. Okay. And you yeah. do more on the weekend and, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when Tim and I go today, how many goats will have been prepped? Well, you guys told me you guys sat down and crushed 30 tacos at Chavarita, so. 30 each. 30 each? <laughs> no, yeah. no. Hold way. on. <laughs> no. Let me have Siri do the math real quick. <laughs> um, we'll have, today it'll be like five, okay. six. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, how often do you run out or is that not like an issue anymore? We try not to anymore okay. we used to i mean don't get me wrong there's like kind of like that little running out is okay if you're close enough to close kind of thing yeah man and every time i go to carnitas don pedro on uh 18th they're out and i go earlier and earlier and every time they're like, like we're out of the carnitas i'm like well that's the only thing i'm here for <laughs> <Fuck>. dang <laughs> they got you again okay <laughs> I've been there. I think I've been there five times. I've had carnitas once. Did you answer the three riddles? And I'm going at like noon. You know, they're noon. Yeah, like uh, lunchtime. Yeah, see, that's what I mean. Is like that's whack. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not talking talking shit on Don Pedro. I'm sure. Like <laughs> I'll walk out of here and I'll just get assassinated by the Mexican mafia. <laughs> um, but yeah, like running out is like a good thing if it's close enough to close. So earlier you referenced uh, some potentially disgruntled guests or kind of tricky situations that you as a 17 or 18 year old weren't necessarily equipped to handle. Sure. Do you remember some of those like tougher altercation or, you know, yeah, confrontations, I, mean, I should say. Yeah. I think there was like, it wasn't even that bad of a, uh, interaction. It was just kind of, I didn't know what the hell he was talking about because we, I would get hecklers there. Think about it. It's a very niche recipe from a specific town in Mexico. You bring it to the States not everyone that is from Mexico is, you know, has been to La Barca or anything like that. So people eat birria very differently. It's very regional. 
So this guy was like in front of a full restaurant. He goes, garbanzos. We're like, where are there garbanzos in the broth? I'm like, what the hell is this guy talking about? <laughs> and he was just like, no. Like he's like kind of live tweeting this meal like in the restaurant kind of thing out loud like just every single thought that cropped into the man's head was out <laughs> wow. and i'm over here like dude i'm trying not to chop a finger off while i'm like cutting everyone else's plate i'm like don't know how to handle this and then my dad he was just like he he my dad taught me how to disarm people because he's a musician he's like you figure how many shows i've played and how many you know hecklers i've gotten yeah, in real life and he's got my a skill level and how you could imagine how many hecklers i've gotten over the years sure like play the play the numbers so he he was the one that kind of taught me like let it roll off your back dude and like this is what i would say to him and then he handled it kind of thing and so yeah. what the guy was just objecting to different things he was noticing it was his first time in yeah. and he was going in expecting his hometown version of birria which we're not oh, that but for not him. from your Correct. hometown version yes oh so he was like being critical that it was not exactly how his hometown's version was correct how many different versions of birria exist countless okay so each town has its own prep mexican yeah mexican okay. food is so hyper regional to it's not even that town it's like neighbor to neighbor door to door and so the roasted style is that just your town or there's a bunch of towns that do that it's so jalisco right is that yeah. the region is that the state yeah jalisco is a state yeah. and jalisco is that's their state dish right um tatemado is different because our version of it is marinated and then roasted in lard and some other people's version of tatemado was done in the wood-burning oven so the first cooking process and served right then and that's it. That's their tatemado because it's a dry heat. Okay, so got it. You get lost in translation sometimes, but for the most part, it has to be goat and has to be like cooked yeah. on coals with agave leaves. And what love... kind of pervert is putting garbanzo beans in there? That guy. Yeah, I don't know where he is. Town. Yeah. I It'd wanna... be fun if he didn't have a town that made it. He was just like messing with you. Right. And I'm just <laughs> like, I'm over no here having gum. an existential crisis yeah. <laughs> like years later. Yeah. <laughs> He was Mastermind. a plant from your dad. Mastermind. Just to test you. Dude, I wouldn't pat, put it past my dad. <laughs> just like pulling all the strings. <laughs> Excellent. Sending in the my... craziest guests. I love yeah. this gruntle diner uh, interactions. Have you had any other memorable ones? Dude, um, my brother, Tony, he's got a huge heart. Like he like tries to help everyone out. And I, we do too, but I'm a little bit more street smart than him. And there was a... There's a word for it now, a temporarily unhoused person mm -hmm. um, at the bus stop. And the dude was like, you know, certifiably uh, like pretty crazy and yeah. not the type you want to have in the restaurant. And I walked in one day and he's sitting at the corner seat at the bar and my brother put out um, full on silverware for him, like butter knife, like all metal shit. And I'm I walk in and I look at Tony. I'm like, kind of put my hands up. I'm like, dude. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? And he was like, gave me like, he's like, ah, it's fine or whatever. And we were closed already. And the guy had been hanging out for like two hours. Right. I was like, Hey, I kind of walked up to him. I was like, Hey, you know, we have to close and kind of like trying to talk to him, but he was like hammered and yeah, he was like hammered before he got there. Yeah, for sure. And you can smell it. On Tony it, but... had been serving him uh... <laughs> over serving him on goat and, vo and vodka. Yeah. Uh, do you need another knife? Sir? Yeah. Bigger so, knife this time? Yeah, but you picks up the knife and swings it at me kind of oh. thing. And I, like, I blocked it with both my hands kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't, like, a Jason Statham vibe. It was just more like a kind of, like, please don't kill me, <laughs> yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. you know? Oh, my God. Uh, and that was, like, a crazy one for sure. Oh. 
Yeah. Or did your brother apologize? Uh, to me? Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. I'm just happy to be here. Tony, if you're listening, uh, we're still waiting on that apology. Waiting on it, buddy. To Jay-Z. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So the guy owns the pl- the restaurant now. I, I walked out and he's yeah. like my boss. So so that's how that ended. Uh, um, any, yeah, like any kind of advice for anyone trying to get into the same thing you know like obviously not everyone has a family with a legit recipe like yours has mm-hmm. um but you know for kind of aspiring cooks culinarians out there some stuff that maybe you've learned along the way that you think would be helpful to them yeah i mean i'm not an authority by any means i'm not like oh you need to listen to me but like i think my mo is try to be nice to people under promise over deliver is a big thing that i like to do um, and yeah, you gotta like, you gotta bring it. You have to do what the little things that separate you from like everybody else kind of thing. I yeah. think that's a big, a yeah. big thing. And it's a full-time thing. When you were sleeping on a futon in the back, you know, it's not something you can kind of dip a toe into when you're starting something out. You gotta, you gotta be on premises and no. you gotta live it. You I don't can... think they even make futons anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so for a lot of reasons, you could dip a toe into sleeping through an alarm probably. Absolutely. <laughs> I've done it. Um, and then, yeah, like you cooking today versus you as a 18 year old, let's say like, what are, what are the differences? It flows easier. Yeah. Yeah. But that just comes from experience and being, haven't done it before. Yeah. I mean, does it, does everything take you less time than it used to? Yeah. Unless I want to be an asshole and complicate my life for no reason. (laughs) But for the most part, yeah, it's pretty, pretty chill and then if anyone's going to zaragoza for the first time yeah. what is absolutely essential for their experience so you get the beer yeah. heckle them <laughs> heckle them about the garbanzos in the, in the broth <laughs> no taste the broth and say are there garbanzos should there here? be garbanzos? Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah i don't yeah, know I mean, you tell I don't me know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're the expert here but it tastes like there might i read this be. i saw this tiktok get <laughs> the fuck out right now <laughs> We were just uh, in our meetings discussing like the importance of TikTok for restaurant bar promo. And oh yeah, it was like something I had never thought about. I'm not a huge fan of TikTok. Why? Um, why am I not a huge fan of yeah. it? Yeah, I just think it's like a time suck for sure. Um, I just send my data directly to China. I just get just the TikTok and it was like <laughs> cut out the middleman. Yeah, <laughs> this is why you need Tim. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, it just, I think it's just, you know, whatever. Maybe I'm just old, but it's like, just seems like a depressing format for sharing information. Yeah, I've seen a lot of restaurants, but my thing with those, I mean, I don't have TikTok, but I see the stuff that migrates from TikTok to Instagram and Reels because it's kind of all recycled, I think. Yeah. But I've seen more and more restaurants popping up. I'm like, oh, this looks interesting. And then it's like, it's in like Arizona. Like, they need to get a little more targeted oh, with where yeah. they're advertising, right. geotagging properly. Yeah. 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 But yeah. to China, we're all Arizona. Like it's all the same. <laughs> yeah, thing, right? So yeah, yeah. we we're are one big Scotts. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I'm in Chicago. Where's that in Arizona? Can you point it out on the map? <laughs> Show me on the map, Arizona. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah. Well, are we ready for a little gratuity round? Well, hit him with the gratuity round. This no, I, no tipping. It's, just, <laughs> it's already built into your bill. Thank you for this. Perfect. <laughs> This episode of Joiners is brought to you by Stock Manufacturing, makers of fine hospitality workwear. You obsess over the details in your space, so why stop at your staff's uniforms? 
Woodstock has something for every aesthetic. From fine dining to a corner cafe, they've got you covered. Choose from in-stock ready-to-wear options or design the perfect custom uniform for your team. For more information, visit stockmfgco.com. These are going to be some hard-hitting questions, so super oh, hard. Yeah. What are you talking about, like exit st- strategy and like Syria type shit? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, oh, an investing stuff. in, uh, you know. <laughs> All right, if you had to pick a death row meal, what are you going with? Okay. Like cooked by the rappers of death row. Like yeah, who's cooking course. it? Yeah. 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 Like is it doggy style? So dog dog <laughs> <Nice. Yeah. laughs> I threw one up for the West Coast kid. Yeah, there you right. go. Um, my mom used to make pozole all the time. And I was such a picky eater. I didn't like broths as a kid. And she would grab the uh, make tostadas from the pozole. So it would have, you know, tostada. And then she'd do like a peanut salsa, herbal chili peanut salsa smeared on the bottom. Whoa. Take the pork from the broth and kind of toss it with cabbage, dress it with lime, salt, and pepper, put that on top, and then dress it with like t- tomatoes and more veggies on top. And I would have tostadas while everyone else had bowls of pozole. That sounds amazing. That's my death row meal. Was wow. everyone jealous of your epic meal? I think they just more or less felt sorry that I was such a diva at such a young age. <laughs> so it kind of like overtook their their jealousy. Yeah. What, when was the last time you had that? You know what? I'm going to call Mama Z right now and be like, yo, you haven't cooked this in a while. We need to do this. Of course, it's like 100 degrees out, but that's never stopped any Mexican mother from making super yeah, hot that's soup. That's Wait, is she, weather. Is she, yeah. Does she cook you know, more meals yeah. at home than your dad? Yeah, she's the cook. Okay. Yeah, my dad's on He does one thing very well, and that's goat. Wow. Does not cook anything but else. she can do, like, tons of stuff. Yeah, she gets esoteric with it. She just goes for it. Wow. Yeah, and she'll, like, she'll like send me on our thread. It's always pictures. Look what I made today. And she's like, I did this today. And wow. we have conversations about cooking. Oh, it's that's funny. cool. Yeah. So would you say that she has been as much or more of an inspiration toward your cooking than your dad? Um, you know, like pitting your parents against each other is always a good thing. Yeah, I love it. Um, break up, break up. (laughs) (laughs) That my sister chanted that at Jennifer and I, when she met us or met Jennifer for the first time, joking around to kind of test Jennifer. (laughs) Like she made a joke and it was kind of like a joke that was like looking at both of us. And she started chanting that break up. And and now they're best friends, my sister and Jennifer. (laughs) It's pretty good. Uh, Anyway. Yeah. What were we talking about? No, just the influence of your parents. Yeah. my, My dad is like loves food my mom loves food as well but she likes cooking it my dad likes going out to eat kind of thing so they both kind of have been a big influence okay yeah all right all right uh what's your favorite restaurant you've been to recently margie's in new orleans not Margie's Candies on Western. <laughs> no. Not you you guys are just pitting me against two different <laughs> my, my parents and now two institutions kind of thing. Like, All right. Wait, what kind of food is Margie's in New Orleans? Um, so Marcus is a chef there. He, they just opened up another place called Sally's Seafood. But Margie's Grill is uh, – he has a smoker on the side of it. So he has like brisket done like Ooh. Thai style. So it's like kind of Cajun – um for sure but it has like a lot of like southeast asian flavors in there it's what's a thai style brisket um what's that the not tiger no, tiger cry i forget his preparation doesn't matter i'll look it up but um it's he has like a salad next to it with like fish sauce and like lime juice and oh, peanuts what you got yesterday the nam talk nam talk oh gotcha, sorry gotcha. yeah that's the that, one okay tim yeah. knew the whole time he is it waterfall what out. is that um I don't know. I'm messing it up. Sorry. But it's, it's okay, delicious. Yeah. It's All right, cool. so good. 
Did you, have you heard of Mosca's? It's like two. Uh, this was a spot Ronnie mentioned. It's like two hours outside of New Orleans, but apparently it's like so random. Worth but, the drive. No, but he he really hyped it up, and then Tim and I started looking into it, and we're like, it's like it's impractical for when you're in New Orleans, especially if you're working. Yeah, but it's definitely a place that seems like worth the journey. He heard. he was raging about it. Yeah, I'd go out of my way. Is it raging or raving? Both. <laughs> <laughs> what comes first? <laughs> <laughs> he was uh ra- raving mad <laughs> all right um favorite old school restaurant in chicago hmm old school restaurant so i was a taylor street kid yeah like we would so that was our outing um like rosebud over there was like a an old school like red sauce joint with like white tablecloths mm-hmm. if you were going steady with your person you'd go there um anyway and, like taylor street's rad for me yeah, yeah. What other spots on Taylor Street? Um, Here we go to County de Savoia, the yeah. sub place. That's that's my preferred Pretty good. sub spot. Yeah. It's more, uh, like, Rosebud's, like, nostalgic for me. It's not saying that their food's, like, the best, but it's, like, old school. Or yeah. um, Las Carola. Yeah. yeah. That's another spot that I like that's old school. Mm-hmm. I watch too many mob movies, you know? <laughs> that's got such a good vibe. But, yeah. again, like, I feel like, yeah, old school, I think almost implies vibe first food second like yeah. you go for the experience for sure the food's really good that's a bonus yeah yeah all right uh favorite fast food spot shit um i mean you can't beat mcdonald's breakfast or if it's like hot and ready like delicious fries mm-hmm. yeah i think a sausage muffin is probably my number one i'm a bagel with bacon wow the bagel Whoa. sandwich weird the sauce on there? <laughs> oh, yeah. They do have a specific sauce for that sandwich. They do. Yeah. I need to try it, it sounds like. Yeah, you haven't had it. You're yeah, like, I can't knock it till I try it. Exactly. So that's yeah. your order, the uh, bacon bagel? Yeah, that one in the morning with a hash brown is, like, delicious. And you're not putting that hash brown on the sandwich, are you? Really? Yeah. And are just you crying that? myself to sleep. Are you doing it at Kasama, too? They do it that way? Yeah, well, you they can get the have... Op- they give you the option. It's... It was like an unspoken option, but now it's like on the menu itself. That's awesome. It's yeah. cool. They're they're so good, man. They do it's, a great job. That's, yeah. I love that breakfast sandwich. The whole it's place outrageous. is rad. It's We're really lucky good. to have them. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. If you weren't a chef, what would you be doing? Um, I think you maybe answered this earlier. Would you be writing? Yeah. Probably. You can do both? Yeah. Yeah. He is doing both. Yeah. He's doing it. Mm-hmm. All right. What's your go-to cocktail order? Um, gotta stick with a classic vodka Red Bull. <laughs> it never, it never gets old. Never gets old. Keeps you you up know, all night. yeah, it's my favorite type of highball. <laughs> yeah, definitely using I Grey actually, Goose in that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, I don't drink. I'm NA actually, so I, I'm a Topo Chico and ice and lime kind of guy. Mocktail, okay. just white knuckling it through life right now there's yeah, never been a better time to not have a cocktail <laughs> yeah. or, because, yeah. or to not have a an alcoholic cocktail mocktail everybody has a mocktail menu now yeah, yeah. no there's we were at where's that julia's place uh mom, oh, mom uh, say yeah uh, or uh kamiko kamiko yeah. i mean geez the the na like flight whatever she did that night was like amazing i know yeah. i kind of wish i did the na pairing at oriel 
first cocktails were good. Another uh, Julia Momisay thing. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Danny, dude. Yeah, Danny got to pay for the meal, and I was in the back washing dishes for my portion. Yeah. I, I got home around 4 a.m. Jen's like, yeah. man, that crazy meal we had, I really wish I had done this other thing. <laughs> <laughs> that the one little thing that, that you're getting Michelin. So many people don't ever get to enjoy. But no, like, I, I think that's, that's a thing. The NA pairings are like, they're creative. They're as creative as the dishes sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Danny. Um, cool. I didn't know that you weren't drinking. How long have you now been drinking for? It's been like four years. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. It's like, it's like a, it was like a health thing for me. It wasn't like kind of, I never drank to like excess like that. It was just a health thing. But like if we go to, we went to buy the Guadalupe and we went to like a vineyard and we had lunch on it and they poured a little bit. I'm, I'm a special occasion guy kind of thing. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. I respect that. All right. Last question here. Holler at me. Something that bars or restaurants do that annoy you. Shit. Damn. Um, I mean, it's kind of like one of those in the moment things. I am like Larry David when I go on. Like, yeah. Is it, what are they? What are you doing? Dude? You know, like, <laughs> um, I let everything bother me, and then it doesn't. And I forget about it. I think I don't know. Are we done with QR codes? Yeah. Sure. That's the first time QR codes have come up. I like I, I like think. a menu. Yeah, yeah, I think the thing is, yeah. Or did Jenna say that? No, we. I would 100% agree. A menu is preferred. I think that just selfishly no. for us, like with cocktails, if they need to change, sure. we never used to be able to do it. We'd have to reprint all the menus, and it was such a pain to restuff and reprint. And now it's just so simple to just change I it get in it. one place. Um, so I definitely appreciate the convenience factor. But yes, it's nice to hold like a physical, beautiful menu. Did you just ask this to set me up for this yeah, lecture? No, no. no I, I wanted yeah, I wanted Danny to defend his decision. It is it is a much more sustainable thing, but it is yeah. It is nice. I mean, I am an old school guy. Like yeah. you know. A menu's definitely preferred. For sure. I agree. Hundred yeah. percent. I was trying for uh Siam's house yesterday, I, I had a hell of a time trying to find the menu. Like old school places or places that are smaller off the radar you go they don't have the menu on their website or they don't have a website so then you're going off like images on like google reviews that, that are like six months posted. old yeah. Yeah. yeah and the prices are like half because they're from pre-pandemic times and right it's a mess yeah so that's my gripe yeah well tim was like the meals on me but now it sounds like he's pretty upset yeah he's mad. Price <laughs> doubled so he, he's now, thrown now his hat extra guilty yeah. <laughs> yeah all right well yeah that's cool. about it that's all we had for you awesome yeah, you can take the rest for, of the day off. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for being here. I appreciate it. It's great to yeah, see you as always. Cool. Good to see you too. I think Tim and I are going to go go down south. Are you really? Saragossa. Yeah. Hell yeah. Do, yeah it. Let's do it. I better see some garbanzos. It's BYO. What is it? G? <laughs> BYO it's a G. G. Bring your own party can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like opening the Goya can. Is this cool? <laughs> All right. Nice. Cool, guys. Man. Thank you thank very you. much. Thank you. That concludes our conversation with Jonathan Zaragoza. Be sure to check out the Joiners Pod Instagram account. That's at Joiners Pod for additional content, including throwback photos and weekly cocktail recipes by Danny Shapiro, based on the preferences of each guest. Joiners Podcast is mixed by Matt Haddock and music by Captain Cuts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.